From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Guess who else is here? Ethan. Hi, everybody. I think this is his <laughs> uh, his first foray into Homebrew Bound. Uh, it might be my second. I've definitely been on the studio or in the studio. I yeah, I'm trying to remember what shows. You, yeah, you were in Studio A. Yes. On the other on the other side of the, the apparently the good side of the tracks in River Falls, next to the cornfield. Yeah. Now we're next to the River Falls University. Yeah, I guess this is the bad football side. Football so yeah. I don't know. I've lived on both. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I guess I mean, welcome to Studio B. That's yeah, gorgeous. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, thoughts? Yeah. Better, worse? Uh, way better, way better. You could have <laughs> made it more cozy. The wood fire is just... Yeah, I'm very excited <laughs> for the uh, for the shows that we do this winter. We're all just getting sleepy because uh, there's a nice roasty fire. Oh, man. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be I'll real be cozy. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, before we get too deep here, I should probably uh, do the whole sponsor thing. So, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. Joining the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zamergy magazine. Click on the referral link on our homepage at mindyourstudios.com and join today. Also, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Devin Stinson, and Tyler Romanski. If you'd like to be as awesome as our patrons, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Alrighty. Uh, I guess we're kind of diving right into the show here. Uh, Brian, what have you been up to beer-related lately? Oh, uh, we kind of did the reveal of, of uh, the pilot system will be arriving and so in anticipation of that i am actually uh excited to brew beer for the first time in many years i was very I'll believe it when i see it yeah I, I know like i know i definitely plan to brew the first batch with with justin on it but i um i haven't been um super uh excited about brewing beer in a bunch of years i like i said i was just really burnt out uh I was burnt out, and I had moved to the sales side, and and then now the business side, and now it's more reading books about business than reading books about uh, brewing, actually. So, um, doing this podcast with Casey was uh, has always been a bid for me to kind of keep my head in the game as far as brewing goes. So I don't get much of a chance to. So, I'm hoping to at least brew this one batch uh, and and enjoy the the new system. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've kind of been thinking about that, and started reading some some old books again, um, and also still reading our uh, book club. <laughs> our book club book. <laughs> the new IPA, which we will we'll hear yeah, on the last episode and the next episode. So. Right. Well, I finally have an email out to that guy, so that's a whole thing. Yeah, cool. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, have you decided what you want your... What, what, you want your first solo brew on the machine to be? Um, I think there's a beer that has to be brewed. Mm. Yeah. That's not what I'm asking about. I'm asking, <laughs> what is the first Brian beer? Oh, well, after this first one, uh, like, I, I don't know what my favorite is, is and is in pretty much has been for a great long many years, is just classic double IPA. And so um, I think, what was it? Uh, it's Space Force that is an incredibly simple grist. Uh, and I was hoping to play with that and and pick out some hops that you 
you can't get for uh, you can't get very easily, or they're very expensive, or they are proprietary to like AB and of like African Queen, like all these different hops that I, that you read about. That it's just like, well, that's not feasible for a production brewery to, you know, like, oh, let's get you know some some 2020 Sabro. It's like, well, we don't have anything that we make with that in it, and so why what, why would we get a 44 pound box of it? Well, now I can get an 11 pound box of it and kind of flex my right. muscles with that and see what those hops do. So I'm pretty pumped and. Um, Another thing is being able to use different yeast strains. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about too Super because excited. in a production brewer like ours, you don't. You know, there's just it doesn't make any sense to have nine strains running around the brewery. We have two, um, and we splurge on a liquid pitch of the Merits and Yeast L17 from Imperial Organic uh, every fall and make our Meritzen. Um So I'm, I'm really excited to try out. Um, I know what I know what grists work well for what types of beer I like to drink. Um, you know, it just doesn't make sense for us to make a 15 or 18 barrel batch. It, it'll be cool to make two to four barrel. Are we going to get a Mybach this year on the Magic System? Oh, my God. We keep kind of going back and <laughs> forth on that because I think that actually might be, and Katie's not here, uh, otherwise she might have more insight. And I can't remember what we've talked about, but we were talking about using the Brew Like a Girl for um, this springtime as a Mybach, but I think. Yeah, I know she's mentioned it. Um, I'm not sure if. I think it's still up in the air. Been decided completely. Yeah. Um, it's it's her series. Gone back and forth on whether or not uh, that's the route they wanted to go. Okay. Yeah. So we just we don't know yet. All right, what Ethan. Yeah. It's. I mean, I'm. I still can't remember if you've been on this show or other shows. So, uh, first of all, why don't you just tell people a little bit about yourself? Uh, so I'm Ethan. I have been brewing since. Oh my God, probably 2011. So what is that? Nine years now. Um, wow, that's <laughs> that's a long, <laughs> longer time than I was yeah. expecting. Um, brewing professionally since probably about 2014, 2015. So um, been in the game for about five years now. Uh, started off at Swing Bridge in River Falls and then went off to Costa Rica and now back here in Hudson, Wisconsin and brewing at Hoppin' Barrel. Um, Kind of having a fun time. <laughs> tough not to. Um, but yeah, we are, I don't know, really excited about this pilot system and getting to play around. Not that we never got to play around with the uh, big system, but it's tough to uh, brew 15 well, barrels of so it. So now that I've talked with pretty much everybody yeah. individually about it, I'm going to describe you all as school children and how excited <laughs> you are. Yeah. Like, it's like the first day of school for all of you. You're just like, well, I got my backpack, yeah. we're ready to go. It's not kindergarten, but it's like third grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. know the ropes. Uh, <laughs> we're in. It's like a third, fourth grade thing, yeah. but it's still like a little new. Like we're you're excited. Not, uh, yeah. We're not downtrodden yet. Like, some <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's been really cool to talk to you guys about that, because that's like just seeing the excitement. Yeah. Like, instead of, I think uh, we went through, it was like three months of the show, and all Katie had to say is, I'm brewing more Minnesconsin. Yeah, that was a lot of that. And, that, and yeah. that's part of the piece to the puzzle of, of um, ooh, that sounds way, oh. Yeah, no, that was the wrong one. Sorry. Oh, but do it that again, actually. <laughs> He's filling, ah, perfect. He's filling with headphones. Yeah, we got new headphone. We got a new so. headphone amp. Uh, the other one was having a, a fuzz. Fu yeah, it was a fuzzy ground loop. And fuzzy yeah. loop 
but only in the in the headphone, and not on the recording. Yeah, it's silent now, and it's nice. It sounds great. Delicious dish. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Beer related for me. Uh, I mean, I got. I finally uh, have the new fridge that I'm converting into a kegerator for the garage coming. So I'm one step closer to brewing again. So once I have that, uh, it's time to build the glycol chiller, and then I'm Ooh. good to go. So yeah, I got. I have a couple of like old window units that I'm going to convert mm-hmm. into glycol chillers. Awesome. And nice. that's going to be awesome. And It'll be very exciting. Yeah. And you've still got your. Uh, Raspberry Pi that you're yep measuring yeah well pores with yep so I need to print a new um, control box for it to mount on the refrigerator because the one right. I built mounted on top of a kegerator um, and now that I've been printing a little bit more and I know a little bit more AutoCAD I think I can get one a little bit better and more compact uh, yeah so I get a fun little wiring project I get a brewing project I'm very excited to just be <laughs> able to start pouring beer again. Because I miss that so much. Because my kegerator died in May. Oh, it's a sad day. <sighs> it was. And I was like, well, I guess we're moving soon, so I shouldn't get a new one and then bring it downstairs and have to get rid of it and make it a whole thing. So I've been without beer on tap for four months now. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a bad thing during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a very bad yeah. thing during COVID. It's the one thing we need. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the beer pouring freely. All right. Uh, well, should we dive into our discussion topic, guys? Yes. All right. So uh, we are continuing our beginner brewer series. Uh, we've talked about uh, how to um, brew a beer. We've gone through um, like a little bit of recipe creation, uh, but... We're going into the colder seasons, and with that comes the idea of, well, we need some big beers to get through winter. So we're going to be talking about high-gravity brewing uh, today. Um, so, like, let's define, what do we mean by high-gravity, Brian? So beers that have a high original starting gravity. Yeah, but like, what? So what? What range are we talking about there? Like, what, for you, what would you define as a high gravity beer? And I feel like it's a little different for everybody. It's different for everybody, but if just shooting from the hip, nine percent and above. So like finishing gravity, like where your ABV is in that nine percent or Correct. above. Correct. Finish where the ABV is there, not necessarily yeah. where the finishing where the gravity, gravity is. is yeah. You might have a dry. You might have a dry beer that's high gravity you might have a, a, a sweet, sweet beer, beer that's, that's high gravity, high gravity. Yeah. so it's yeah so when we're talking about high gravity we're really talking about high ABV mm-hmm. um, because you could have a sati which has a very high gravity and I mean it also has a very high ABV because that was a terrible beer but um, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened to that episode I highly recommend you do uh, it's a no boil uh, finish beer uh, talk to Bjorn about that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Does Bjorn have a preferred email? <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of Bjorn, um, I have been very busy and neglected to look at some of the messages, and I will get to your messages. I hear you sent me some, some things about Centrifuge. Yes. Products. Um, yeah. I'll look into them. Uh, Ethan, for you, where's where's your, like, kind of high high limit? Like, where, where does it start? Where does it end? Uh, for me, like, if I'm going out and going to a bar, brewery, anything, like, the seconds, it's into, like, that eight range. Um, I know it's kind of like the... 
oh man, that's going to mess me up. But really, when it gets into that 10 to 11 range, I'm like, yeah, that's super high. Like, so I, I will agree with Brian, it's that 9% range. Um, but for me, definitely kind of starts at that 8. I'm going to pause this for just one second. No worries. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Did you really pause it? No, well, oh. I stopped the recording. <laughs> oh, okay. We're still going live. I was fiddling with things, and then um, the USB never got hooked back up to the computer. Oh, mm. shit. So uh, this has not been recording. We're still doing... All right, we're just going to... I'm going to pull it from the YouTube, and then we'll go from there. Got it. All right. Yep. No, so we're still going. All right. Cool. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, other than that, yeah, it's not too many things like All just eight percent right. and above for me all right yeah eight per- okay yeah no and like that's so i guess like Pretty talking much, ipas yeah. which is what we've been doing a lot like not like triple ipa level triple like, ipas yeah definitely high but like even a lot of double ipas are high for me it's just something that you know if i have one of i'm gonna f- definitely feel it okay yeah it's kind of my judge of it that, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I, I'm. I, I'm going to lean more towards uh, the Brian side on this, uh, with that that nine, um, that nine ten, areas oh, where like okay. I'm like really like pushing that. And like when I think um, high gravity, the the styles that pop to mind are like the imperial stouts and oh, yeah. um, like the barley wines and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But. You, then you forget that there's like the Belgian triples and all this oh, yeah. stuff is also in that in that range. No, I definitely will agree with that. Um, barley wine, kind of one of those huge things. Imperial IPAs, Scottish wee heavies, things like that. Um, it's a lot of things you don't think about once you get into starting barrel aging beers too. Like you need to kind of get those higher gravity beers in there to, I mean, sustain through that wood and oak flavor yep so all righty all right so that's this where we're, that's, so that's where we're talking about high gravity um and so like high gravity styles we've kind of touched on that a little bit um you're looking at anything that's in that upper range so your your imperial anything with imperial in it i think mm-hmm. is a pretty good indicator um, doubles and triples would be or in there. Anything with wine in it, wheat wine, <laughs> barley <laughs> wine. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So when we're when we're building a high gravity recipe, what are what are some things that we need to kind of look out for? Well, if we're talking from from the from the bottom up, uh, we're talking about grist probably right away. Um, and then really, there's not much to talk about in the grist other than you know, think about what your adjuncts are, and if if you can get creative, um, adjunct doesn't have yeast nutrient in it. Um, barley, barley does, but we also add yeast X and, and nutrient and things like that. And so we need to think about your grist. You want to think about uh, you know the yeast nutrient and the the fan that's naturally generated from the grist as it is. Um, so, uh, you know, you're, so you're, you're going to put some kind of simple sugar in to get the, to get the, uh, alcohol by volume up. There's no real good way of getting around making a high gravity beer without using some type of, uh, single, uh, sugar chain, uh, sort of a situation. <laughs> 
playing the bass drum. <laughs> What's well, Casey doing over there? Well, timpani going on. Um, so that so that's the first thing I think. Ethan, what what are your thoughts on that? Like as far as building the grist for a high gravity beer, we're talking uh, some kind of adjunct, yeah, sugar, maple syrup, yam, something. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's kind of the main focus. Um, you can only put so much extra malt into your mash ton. Um, your mash ton is just simply not big yeah. enough, and then you're going to deal with a stuck mash mm-hmm. uh, because of the amount of downward pressure <coughs> on the grain is probably a lot more than what your system is built for or used to or what you're used to. So you're going to end up with rice hulls yeah. to kind of mitigate um, mitigate this. But then again, that's going to add more bulk to your your system as a whole and especially if you're using like a cylindrical one of those orange coolers and it's not like a spread out cooler you're going to run into uh, downward pressure issues. yeah that i mean just way too much force going down and honestly like you can do it where you do a double mash brew day um where you do one entire mash kind of bring your first and second um sparge over and get those really high ABV, or I guess gravity is coming over, and then completely clean out your mash ton and remash again and do the same exact thing with the same exact grain bill or a different one. I've never even tried or thought about that actually until just now, but I mean, is there really a, the easy way is honey, maple, yep. or simple sugars like sucrose, dextrose. We, um, li- we go to the bakery at the... Uh, one of the grocery stores in town and get a 50 pound sack of sugar or 100 yeah. pounds of sugar uh, yeah. from the grocery store. So I was uh, I was fiddling, yeah. uh, and so I may have missed it. But have you guys talked about the um, the worry about stretching body when you're using those simple sugars? We didn't get to that yet. No. Okay. Um, but no. there there definitely is that worry, and so if if you're going to adding your sugars in, um. Where are my notes here? Uh, <laughs> add, <laughs> adding uh, adding them in is yeah you, you're gonna end up with a a stretched body so you'll it'll it'll attenuate more it'll attenuate lower uh, sometimes when you're doing like a Belgian uh, the way that the yeast and sort of metabolizes it um, you'll get sort of like a cider like quality which is actually desirable in those Belgian type of beers but. And the the thing that we're sort of dancing along into here is what's called osmotic pressure. Um, if you want to get into that, it's a little bit complicated, but um, it's the, basically that's the force that sort of develops between the two solutes um, of the differing concentration that's separated by that semi-permeable membrane, which is the yeast cell. So if you have a lot of pressure on that cell because of how viscous that you know, that wort is the yeast metabolism is going to sort of distort in a sense. And then it's going to, uh, for sure, it's going to decrease your viability, which then that gets us into using the right yeast strain, pitching a little bit more, but not over pitching. So we'll move into that in a minute. But the initial pressure that's placed on this yeast wall is it's going to affect the physiology of the cell, certainly uh, all the way until the end of the fermentation. Um, So that's, uh, I'm not sure if that osmotic pressure is what causes it to have that cellular-like quality or what the body stretch is, I just know that those are two things. Right. Um, so that being said, um, trying to keep, you know, that, that osmotic pressure low is, 
you know, the, the idea is to shoot for a gravity that's not more, much more than like 1100 uh, or 25p ish. Um, so adding adjunct gradually in the fermentation is an option. Adding oxygen in between the window of about 16 to 18 hours into fermentation is an option. Um, when I'll, I'll tell you this, when you are fermenting um, mead, you would add some nutrient and some um, sugar sometimes along the way to, to string this fermentation along. Um, but we don't, we don't do that with beer, but if, if in this case, you know, if you're doing that, um, that being said, uh, adding yeast nutrient down the line is, is acceptable. Adding oxygen is acceptable. Uh, using the right yeast strain is a huge, uh, a huge piece to this keeping temperature low. Um, O2 up, monitor your pH, um, uh, blow off tubes. Very important. I would not, yeah, I would leave key. plenty of head space and yes. Yeah. Uh, so, well, and I've learned this, uh, especially gro- uh, brewing Gordon's stupid big oaf um (laughs) that beer turned out really well it did but like you need to um undershoot your volume if if that makes sense like if if you're used to brewing five gallon batches brew a three because that's what your equipment will handle with like with the amount of grain and all that like yeah, that's, that's this isn't this isn't a brew to six or sorry brew to brew to what is it brew to seven you know lose about a a gallon and yeah. get five, it's going to be less than that. And not, not because, you know, like with these types of beers, I'm guessing that the only hop addition that you're going to have is, is at 60. Right. Yeah. Unless you're doing like a triple or quad IPA type thing. Right. And then that's a whole different story. And yeah. you're going to lose a lot more. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, I gotta, I'm sorry. I gotta pull up my, but you also don't want to be sitting there with, you know, four or five gallons of, 10 to 12 percent you're gonna be drinking that for a good year <laughs> uh yeah you yeah. will because nobody wants to pull a pint of it yeah it's a it's a long drinker and so just brew a little well, bit and yeah brew a little bit and enjoy it while it lasts uh, i guess and then if, brew you're, a if you're if, if, if you have the stomach for bottling probably bottle it yeah um if you don't you know just realize that you're gonna have that on tap forever big fan of kegging huh? <laughs> we are we are 100 percent uh a kegging household yeah on no show. i get it yeah. uh because bottling sucks i remember the day i figured out i could keg <laughs> <laughs> you just have one big bottle like <laughs> just one big bottle yeah, that's weird <laughs> i don't oh man it hooks up to an entire line <laughs> um i guess this kind of brings us so we, we've talked about uh recipe formulation let's let's talk about tips for a high gravity brew day um i think this kind of goes without saying but i feel like we should say it because we're on a beginner brewers uh episode rice hulls mm-hmm. um a lot of your a lot of your uh like high gravity beers are going to be high adjunct um and so i just mean just put some rice hulls in there man it's tough it's tough to yeah. it's tough to avoid a lot of adjunct if you can Try you know give it a shot, but it's with the like like he just said with these types of beer you're gonna have wheat uh, in Belgians you're gonna have um, oats and um, in your stouts you're gonna your stouts yeah. uh, milk stouts um, stuff like that um, so big tip uh, keep the oxygen level up so uh, it, whatever your agit whatever your agitation is whatever your the, however you introduce the oxygen, oxygen for uh, post boil right for um, 
Oh gosh, we got to go back a few up. The what's the the term? The the your sterile synthesis. Yeah, you you basically the the aerobic uh, part yeah. of your fermentation. Exactly, the making the making the colony grow because we want to avoid overpitching. I guess the the first thing that jumps into my head is oh, it needs lots of yeast. Well, no, I mean it needs the the correct amount of the correct strain of yeast, and then needs a little bit more oxygen than than other yep uh, yeah make sure that colony is healthy enough to get it down to where you want it to make a starter if if that's Uh, what you're into yeah if you don't have enough oxygen it doesn't matter if you over pitch or under pitch it's not going anywhere (laughs) should we should we touch on part of guile do you think that's out of scope or no i think ethan sort of kind of described that in a sense but if if you it's it's an augmented partigyle in a sense where instead of adding fresh uh, water to mash out for the second, you would just take the wort from the first, uh, the first louder and push it over. Oh, okay. Again, just basically mashing in with wort almost. Oh, okay. That's that's a, definitely a way that that you can. I think I was fiddling during that. You were, but yep. and I was I was gonna try to steer it that way, but then we just kind of got off on something else. But yeah, Partigyle, if that's uh, P A R T I G Y L E, if you want to take a peek at that yep. on the internet, uh, it's basically doing two beers from one mash. Mm-hmm. And that's and what you were talking about before. You got the wee heavy, and then you'd run more water over the grist yeah. for the wee heavy, and you'd get like that your your um, sixty your shilling sixty shilling or, mm-hmm. or what sixty seventy. I can't remember. It's in the BJCP, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, I mean, you know, if you're on a pro uh, uh, size or you um, have the equipment, um, you can use pumps to recirculate the wort during fermentation, add nutrient, add oxygen, um, you know, the the nutrients that the yeast cell walls really need to do what it is that they do and make them stronger so that we don't have that, that warpage on them. Which is going to make them do weird shit and kick off flavors and maybe not want to take them back up into the cell. So, yeah. All right. Uh, any other final tips you guys want to throw out there? I don't know if there's really much we need to talk about. Uh, we've kind of touched on fermentation. We've touched on use a blow-off. Um, yeah, if you do not, you will end up with beer everywhere. Yeah. Also, like... Don't be afraid of rice halls. I stayed away from rice halls way too long, and I don't know why. I can't explain it. I, I, I'm i the same way, man. It I was, was just against it. Yeah. I can't explain. Well, I don't want rice in my beer. This Budweiser. No, yeah. yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds stupid, but, you know, um, definitely, Adam, it doesn't really change much, and it, in, it like, speeds up your brew day it, by yeah, immensely. Well, and it just, makes everything yeah. so much easier. And play around with some of those sugars. Like, honey is completely different than maple, is completely different than dextrose, is completely different than sucrose. Like, you're going to get a different flavor from each of them and find out what you actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another little piece is once in a while these these beers will stall out um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. And so, t- tips to to kind of get them to where they need to be is um, a couple things. The first thing I would try is rousing the yeast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't put oxygen in after eighteen to no. I well, I guess if you have temperature control, like try to like up the temperature. 
You, um, you could up the temperature because you should be fermenting a, a high gravity beer at a, at a lower temp anyway, so they don't mm-hmm. go too fucking crazy on those tiny sugars right away and really yeah. throw it out of whack. Um, so Been yeah, there. that's another thing. Keep keep the temp <laughs> low. Um, now another technique that you know when you when something sluggish is to make a similar strength wort and then aerate the shit out of it and then pitch a strain that's close to the strain you were using before, not the same. Because of what happened, it's it stalled out. So introduce it with something else, and then that's another whole piece you could get into. Also, I think this is more more intermediate than beginner. But you are also very much feel free to use two different strains on one high gravity ferment. And think about it. You've got a little simple sugars, one that maybe is more resistant to the small simple sugars, and one that one that isn't. You know, mixing them is that's not out of the out of the question, especially at the home yeah. level. High alcohol beers. I mean, once you get enough alcohol in, it will. I mean, we use alcohol to sterilize things. Um, <laughs> so once you get enough alcohol and it's going to start killing yeast um, at a certain point. So there are certain yeasts that are more immune to that. Definitely do do some research figure out what yeast you think is best for you, what you're looking for, what your flavor profile is. And just go from there. But there are definitely certain yeasts that cannot handle those higher ABVs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really have anything to add to that. Like, yeah. you gotta, I mean, and then, well, finishing with a separate yeast is another thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would, I would get that if, if you're gonna do that second little batch to reinvigorate it with, um, I would get that that particular ferment i would get that whip that up to high croissant and then add it um yeah i guess i think the takeaways here are um to uh you know make sure that we're we're getting the right strain of yeast Mm -hmm. uh proper aeration nutrition and then temperature for the yeast to reproduce grow do what they have to do all right so well should we meander out of this one and meander on Alrighty, uh, get this going. Alrighty, uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, or ideas, or have you go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com. You can follow us on Twitter at blindnerstudios.com. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.